Welcome to the Highway Church Podcast. We're excited for you to join us today. To find out more about us, visit highway.com.au. Hey, uh, we've been doing a bit of a series at Highway at the moment. We've been doing this four-week series and it's been repeating itself and it will till the end of next month and um, then we're going to start a Christmas series. But um, how crazy is that, that we're talking about Christmas already? Is that freaking out anyone else? Good. Um, so this, this week is foundation. We're doing foundation, family, spirit, mission. Foundation, family, spirit, mission. This week is foundation again. We're back to where it started. Like Dan mentioned already, Pastor Byron preached a message this morning about the foundation of our salvation. And I kind of want to flow on from that today. Um, I'm going to read, first of all, from Matthew chapter 7, verse 27. Um, this is a very well-known parable, and it's Jesus speaking, and he says this, Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken them to a wise person who builds their house on the rock. And the rain descends, the floods come, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it did not fall. For it was founded on the... It was founded on the... Seriously, you're going to be cheering louder than that for the Panthers in an hour's time, so... On the rock. I just don't want any Broncos players. Like, there's two players playing in the grand final. So I don't really care about the Rabbitohs. I don't care about the Panthers. But there's two players playing that are going to be Broncos next year. I just don't want them to get injured. So if you can pray for that. Can I get an amen right there, Pete? Thank you. Um, what am I saying? And the rain descended, the floods came. But the wise builder built the house on the rock and it did not waver. Then the story repeats itself, but this time with a different outcome. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish person who built their house on the sand. The rain descended, the floods came up, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it fell, and great was its fall. Who are we in this story? We're the builders. You and I, were builders. Some of you, that's like, like the worst possible thing. To think of, some of you fail at every DIY project you do, and some of you are maybe more like me that like gets excited at the thought of building something. I get so excited at the thought of building the church. I get so excited about building a life after God. I get so excited to build things physically, but also spiritually. How about you? I want to talk to us tonight about building our lives on the foundation of this rock. We're the builders in this parable. In some other parables, like the parable of the vineyard, we're like the caretakers, and our job is to be fruitful and to render the fruit to God in its due season. In other parables, um, like of the talents, we're called to be good stewards of everything that is given us, and all of these, I believe, tie together in what I'm trying to say tonight. The first thing I notice about this parable is that the storm hits both. Have you felt that? It's like... God, I thought I said yes at that point of salvation. I prayed that prayer. I thought everything was supposed to be perfect. Has everyone ever thought that thought? The storm is sometimes just life. I would love a testimony that I said yes and my life has been perfect ever since. That's not the way it happens, is it? But there's something about when we build on this foundation, we're unshakable. It's like the storms come, but God, you know what? This is going to cause me to dig deeper into who you are. This is an opportunity for me to reinforce what I believe and why I believe it. Not to walk out on my faith, but to dig deeper and say, no, no, God, there must be a reason 
God, what are you showing me through this? Maybe I need to see a fresh facet or a fresh glimpse of who you are in this season. I believe that we build on the rock. Some of us have stopped building. Can I encourage you to build again? To build again. For your family's sake. For your future's sake. For your friend's sake. For the people in your world's sake, would you build again? I'm going to read a few chunks of scripture and then I've just got kind of in like an illustration. I'm just going to see where it lands. Is that okay? Here's my rock. I'd like to read from Matthew 21, 42. Jesus said to them, Have you never read in the scriptures the stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone? This was the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes. Therefore, I say to you, actually, that was a question. Sorry, I didn't read that like a question, did I? Did anyone pick that up? And it is marvelous in our eyes. Is that how you read that? Therefore, I say to you, the kingdom of God will be taken from you and given to a nation bearing the fruit of it. And whoever falls on this stone will be broken. But whomever it falls will grind him to powder. That sounds random. Other translations like um, New Living, NIV there say, um, not grind to powder, but um, who's got one in front of him? I, I looked at this before. Crushed. Is the word crushed? Yeah, it's crushed. They will be crushed. Let me read another passage about a similar thing where it mentions this stone of Christ. 1 Peter 2.5. You also are living stones, are being built up in a spiritual house, a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Therefore, it is also contained in the scripture, behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect, precious, and he who believes on him will by no means be put to shame. Therefore, to you who believe, he is precious, but to those who are disobedient, the stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone and a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. They stumble, being disobedient to the word to which they also were appointed. So the foundation of our faith is Christ. It's him. Remember what Paul said? Hey, I preach Christ crucified. I'm not preaching anything new tonight. But my whole desire is that I would encourage us to build on this foundation of Christ. I've, I've, I've seen too many people, I know this is a terrible saying, but throw the baby out with the bathwater, so to say, that one question could be the end of their spiritual journey. That one unanswered question could lead to them losing their whole faith because they weren't built on this rock. I love the idea of this chief cornerstone. I'll get the guys to bring the thing up if that's okay. Not so subtle hint. But you see, a cornerstone, when I did some research about it, a cornerstone when they built things was traditionally like Traditionally, yeah, sometimes they talk about a plaque stone, but traditionally the idea behind it was that it would be the first stone laid. The first stone laid. Before the foundation of the world, 
I wholeheartedly believe that God placed Jesus for humanity. Do we agree this? If you want to look this up in your own time, 1 Peter 1.20, 1 Peter 1.20 and Revelation 13.8, there's a couple more scriptures, but Jesus is the chief cornerstone. He's the first stone laid before the foundation of the world. We have this platform called Jesus that was manifest to us some 2,000 years ago that we could see a picture of him and generation after generation told the story so that we have their testimony of what Jesus was like, what he achieved on the cross so that we can have access and build a life on him. Does that make sense? The next point that I read about cornerstones, it blew my mind. The first one was the first stone laid. Yeah, I get that. That's awesome. We can build on Christ. The second one is where I really want to land tonight. And when I was researching this cornerstone idea, it said this statement, and it might not mean much to you at first, but I want to explore it together. It said, all other stones laid in reference to the cornerstone. Like, so not only is Christ our foundation, But this chief cornerstone was the first stone laid, but it was our reference stone. It was our reference point. I love the idea of a reference point. I'm going to digress and hopefully lend back there, but who's been to a cafe recently or out to dinner and the table is wobbly? Who has OCD like me and can't eat because the table is wobbly? Can I get an amen? Amen who's looking for a serviette or a piece of cardboard or something to fold up and put under there. They call that soft foot, right? Soft foot. I did a whole course of it when I did my apprenticeship because not only did I do an electrical apprenticeship, but I did another year for fun. Um, (laughs) And I did a lot of these fitting trades so that they would combine a shift fitter, shift electrician into one awesome person, Caleb, and I would be the shift fitter, shift electrician. Well, do you know what happened? It didn't fly because then we didn't need the fitters anymore. The unions got involved. I was the first and last of the trade at this sugar mill. Does that make sense? They hated the thought of it. But I did all these leveling courses. You know, say you had a motor or a pump here and you had these shims. Shims are like these little pieces of metal that you would place under that to get rid of this soft foot. You would align it properly. But I'm going to try and do an illustration now. And I don't know if it's going to work, but just here with me. I'm about to start this up. So if you're concerned about noise, can you please email daniel.russell at highway.com.au? Alternatively, just come to Friday Night Youth, and this has got nothing on noise-wise. Um, but I tried to be safe because I knew Pastor Steve would be in the room. Who's not in the room? Oh, he's always watching. I can't even see you. It's like a sneaky Pastor Steve, a sneaky Steve out the back there. Okay. Okay. So say, for example, I know this is not a good thing, and I know the price of timber is like massive at the moment, so don't freak out for a moment. It's like doubling. This is a secondhand piece of timber from under the kid's room. What am I saying? It's kind of like this. Say this is the first, say this is the chief cornerstone. This is like Christ. I know that's hard to imagine that's like Christ, but just imagine that was like Christ. And this is our reference point. I'm trying to show you and identify what reference point is. Um, Say I wanted to cut another one like this and I didn't have a tape measure. I would hold it here. Is this right? Make sure that side there is level and then I'd get my Sharpie 
or pencil if it was something you're going to paint so the thing didn't come through. Mark it like that, and then I would cut it again. Does that make sense? And what side of the line do I cut on? Which side? The, like, if this is the piece that I want, do I cut on the waist side or do I cut on the side that I want? I cut on the waist side, don't I? Because you measure twice, cut once, is that right? You'd rather a piece of timber longer than too short. Can I get an amen? So I look down here, I, I line it up. I leave my safety glasses on my head. Now, are you ready to cut again? Okay. So then see, I've just cut straight down the middle of that line. Can you see that? But do you know what the problem is? It's got this little creep. Do you know what I'm talking about? Because of the width of my Sharpie, because I can't get it right in that corner there, and because I'm cutting right down the middle of that line, I get this creep going out. And that may be fine for a once-off, but if I keep doing this four times, and then I make it my table, what happens? I've got soft foot. And then Leah is freaking out because she's got OCD over there and she's at the one trying to find a business card or something to fold up and to put under the table so that she can sort out this table. What happens if we did that for generations? But this is what Jesus was like. What happens if we had not just a creep of four pieces of timber, but what if we had this person's idea of what God was like, then this person, then this generation, then this generation, then this generation, then this generation. And we'd be like, it's like it would be like this. Do you know what I'm trying to say? It would be like, this is what Jesus looked like, this stick here. Like, like that, that was the chief cornerstone, yet... Is this not any different to what the Pharisees of the day did? They tried to make the statues and the law of Jesus bigger and more difficult than it was. Like, we've got not only Jesus was like this, but we've made him out to be this. I guess what I'm trying to say is that, is this. We can go back to the source. You don't need to build a life of someone else's experience of what Jesus is like. You don't need to build your faith on someone else's foundation of what God was like to them. No, I can have a personal relationship with God. And I believe that. I can ask, Holy Spirit, show me what you want in this place. Jesus, I am building my life upon you. Uh, This is what I think, but you have full access in here. Challenge my thoughts. Lead me and guide me, I pray, Holy Spirit. We need reference points. Do you know what else we do like this? We stop comparing ourselves to Christ and we start comparing ourselves to the this. And we get further and further and further away from where we were supposed to be. Man, I'm sure there's things that we do now that Jesus is like, what are you doing that for? Comparison is bad for us when it's against others and not Christ, we make it so much harder for ourselves than what it has to be. I want to build a life on Christ, on His foundation. The other thing that we do is that when we have, when we keep doing like this and without going back to the reference point, is that we end up with these lives that are like tables with all different size legs, and there's no stability in it. So that when the storms come, which we know they do, 
there's this shaking, there's this instability to our faith because we haven't gone back to the reference point. The other thing that reference points do is they're really good at leveling things. Who's used... And that's a lot more sawdust than I thought. I made sure the bag was on and zipped up to catch it all. Who's used like a brickies line or like a string line like this before? Who's used something like this? The lighting guy's freaking out right now. In the dark over here. Put it on there like that. This is my dad's. It's his favorite color. But who's used like a string line before like this? You know what a string line's used for? Do you know what it's used for? So I was building a fence or something straight across stage here and I was going to break John Eddie's guitar. No, I'm just joking. I'll dodge it. And I wanted to know between this point and the exact same on the other side here, I could find them. Or maybe you didn't have two fixed points like that. I'm, I'm not really explaining this one that well, but hopefully you get there in a second. Hopefully it'll make sense. Is the suspense killing you? <laughs> Isn't that the most powerful thing in public speaking, the pause? Have you seen one of these before? This is like a little level. And you can clip the little level onto the string line so that without a second spot, you can know where level is. Does that make sense? So if Christ is the chief cornerstone, it's not only the foundation of what we build on, but here's our reference point. So we can know where we're here, like literally 2,000 years later. If we have a fixed reference point, that's Christ, all of a sudden our opinion is not what's popular in the media. It doesn't have to be. All of a sudden our, our decision-making process isn't built by fear or the latest really vogue thing of the day but it's fixed, my things come off, but it's fixed to who Christ is. And that with the right tools, I can level and I can align my life so that I'm on the right trajectory of what he wanted me to build and where he wanted our futures to go and what we wanted us to look like. All I'm trying to say is that it's your life. <laughs> what are you going to build? I don't want to build someone else's version of who Caleb Slatcher should be. I don't want to build on someone else's version of who God is. I don't even want to build my life on one preacher's idea of who God is. That's dangerous territory. I can have access to God myself. He is the reference point and I can continually go back to Him and I can build upon that. Stop comparing to others, but we can level our faith on Him. That's one of those scriptures I read that 1 Peter, oh sorry, the Matthew 21 verse 44. I just want to read that last little bit again. Whoever falls on this stone will be broken, but whomever it falls, it will be ground, he will be ground to powder or will be crushed, the other translations say. Falls will be broken. Some people translate that as like we trip sometimes, you know, like in our own knowledge that we think that, that Christ is almost becomes like a stumbling block because it doesn't make sense. That's why the scriptures in, in the Bible that says he used the foolish things to confound the wise. You know, it's like, but wait a minute, God. And, and in our age and in our day, it's almost like we've become intellectually too smart for God in some ways. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I think sometimes I overthink everything. 
So he can be almost like this stumbling block because it's hard to understand why would the God of everything allow creation to kill him so that we can understand that our sin was not the problem. And whoever falls on this stone will be broken, but on whoever it falls will be ground to powder. I'm running out of time. What if we're supposed to fall on Christ and be broken? What, what, if, what if we were literally supposed to trip on some ways so that we would get close enough to the foundation to see, oh, no, no, wait a minute. There's self. There's things that actually need to be broken. There's mindsets. There's ambition. There's patterns of thinking. There's like um, family traits that need to be changed. There's generational things in my life that actually need to be broken when I fall on Christ so that I can build on His foundation. None of us are perfect. I'm not the perfect parent. Do I want to be the best one I can be? Uh, Amen. But there's going to come a time when Jethro goes, no, wait a minute, my dad was actually wrong about that. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, awkward. He didn't know everything. There's times in our faith walk where we get to a stage in our spiritual maturity and go, wait a minute, maybe the people before us didn't know everything. I'm going to fall back on Christ. And you know what, God? Adjust my thinking. Shatter my pride. I want to build what you want in this place on this foundation. God, what does your church look like? What does my spiritual journey look like? What does my faith look like when I build it upon your foundation afresh? Can I pray? God, I just pray something I spoke about tonight would encourage us to build our lives upon you. God, I just pray for the areas, Lord, that we've been doing it in our own knowledge, our own ability, our own understanding. God, we just repent from that afresh. And we just ask, Holy Spirit, that you would lead, that you would guide, and that you would prompt our lives. God, I pray afresh, Lord, that those of us in the room that need this, I know I do a lot. God, I just pray, Lord, that we would stumble on you afresh. And God, that you would break us, Lord, afresh, so that we could be these living stones grafted into your building, Lord, we pray. God, I just pray if anyone here is distant from you, God, I just pray, Lord, that they would be so aware that you're real and that you're in this place right now. God, I just pray, Lord, that you would reveal yourself to us afresh. In Jesus' name, amen. Why don't you come, Ben?